I still have that song in my head. <laughs> oh, black water, keep on rolling, <laughs> Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? Good, good song. Bad name for an Nepali restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes you feel like they're using nasty Bagmati water. Yeah. And I like their pick. Their pizza is definitely like extra musty cardboard tasting. <laughs> no. Gross. Well, speaking of food, <laughs> should we actually start, start that episode? episode? I'm big. And I'm white. And together, we are big and white. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, Big? Well, we're talking about one of my favorite things in the whole world. (gasps) Could it be? Food! We're specifically talking about Nepali food, actually. And we're pretty excited to tell you guys about all the different things that are secretly all the same. We got some experience. (laughs) Yeah. But first, how was your week? What happened? Oh my God, that was so good. (laughs) Actually, I hardly did anything. (laughs) But the reason it was good was because I got to nerd out at work. Woo! I feel like... We don't normally nerd out. Mm. (laughs) So... We're linguists. We may have mentioned it a few times. <laughs> but actually, I feel like a lot of what our job ends up being is like other kind of admin stuff. So it's like, you know, if you're like planning for a survey, you are formatting your questionnaires or you're going to the print shop to get stuff ready or you're emailing people to ask some questions. And now I'm kind of like the temporary head of the team. So I'm doing Woo. a lot more like admin oh i'm gonna meet with so-and-so and and check in and see how their project's going which basically all that to say we did not actually spend that much time doing real linguistics but this week i got to do so (laughs) much linguistics (laughs) i started analyzing some of my data for my word lists and to prepare for that i spent two days combing through a phonology of the language that I'm studying and it was so fun for those of you who don't know what a phonology is it's a description of all the sounds that are used in a language and how the speakers perceive them so there's actually more sounds in a language than you notice if that makes sense (laughs) it's hard to explain anyway I was reading these very detailed descriptions of the types of vowels in this language and which part of the word they're used in. Some of them are only used at the beginning. Some are only used at the end. Some are, like, have different... (laughs) This is hard to explain. That is what they have different, isn't it? It's true. This language has, like crazy sounds mm. but it has the <laughs> which is like i don't know the cat noise <laughs> yes. the noise where you're like oh no don't barf there yeah <laughs> the back of your throat hairball noise is a very prominent consonant in this language <laughs> it actually is really fun like i'm listening to it and i'm like how do you say hand in your language and they're like hiss hiss i'm like Ooh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
beautiful. So it was really fun. And I took all these notes and I felt like a real linguist. Yeah. There's something special about like looking at older research bits about a language that you're researching. Yeah. Typewriter type. Right. Yeah. Cool. It is fun. Like, wow, these people are dedicated. My life is so easy today. I have like this website with that plays the sounds for me. (laughs) I can visually measure stuff digitally and they're just like, I I used my ear to determine the length of (laughs) this vowel. I'm like, ooh, (laughs) I'm not that good. Wow. I would like those skills that they had back then. I can't even use all of our special equipment to figure out if it's a freaking long or short vowel. (laughs) That's what I did this week. Oh, what else did you do this week? Um, one of my friends came. <laughs> and um, yeah, so believe it or not, like a year ago, when, oh, almost two years ago when I came, I had a really big group of friends the first year <laughs> and it was awesome. And then they all left yep. like six <laughs> months ago. Yeah. Um, Jaded grandma nodding over here. Yeah. Like, and just like, give up. Don't make new friends. Now the only friend that I have is big. <laughs> so it was kind of, I mean, it was really fun to see her again. So this is, um, a, yeah, so this is a friend who was here last year. And then she went back to the UK. And now she's back for a short visit. She's going trekking and um, anyway, is staying with me. And it was so fun because it's like, oh, my gosh, I can have more friends. Yay. So nice. <laughs> and she brought me snacks from the UK. Yes. So thank you, my dear. And also brought presents from other UK friends who oh, were fun. also my friends. I mean, they still are very much my <laughs> friends, but my Nepal friendship friends. over once you leave <laughs> Nepal. <laughs> so yeah, they gave me some really nice, lovely stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah, it was really encouraging. That's awesome. Yeah, it's hard living overseas. There's kind of this like bittersweet thing of having friends that are also expats because it's so cool to get to be friends with people from like every country on earth. Yeah. But then also, if they leave, then they're scattered all over the earth, yep. and it's really hard to see them. Yep. Your day-to-day has to change very drastically. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to go text so-and-so, and we can go to the store. And you're like, so-and-so went back to America like six months ago. You have and no one to sleeping text. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I do kind of like waking up in the morning and having a million notifications. I'm like, mm, so popular. Yeah. <laughs> All my friends would have been texting me while I was sleeping. <laughs> okay. Food, glorious food. I don't know the rest of the words. Is that a song? It's from Oliver. Right? I don't know what Oliver is. The <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? Oh. That one. I've ever watched the musical. Food, glorious food. Now you talk. Thanks for that beautiful introduction, Meg. I'm here for you, babe. Yep. Uh, So, food. We eat it in Nepal. Typically. But what do we actually eat? Okay, so I want to start off with a... Disclaimer, explanation about the difference between food and snack. This is a very important distinction in Nepal. So, 
food really refers to rice. 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 Rice, very tornity. <laughs> so um, rice is so important in Nepal that it's like the automatic greeting to ask if somebody has eaten. So you'd say, instead of saying, oh, hi, how are you? They say, have you eaten? And they don't mean like, oh, yeah, I had a bowl of cereal. No, they no, mean no. rice. And if you haven't eaten rice, then you haven't eaten. And the word for rice and the word for food are kind of interchangeable. Yep. So if you need more rice, you can just say food <laughs> and the waitress will give you more rice. Yeah, they know. And then snacks are anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I was like trying to make a list of different foods and it was like really difficult because in my English brain, it's still, they're still like very different categories, right? Or, you know, like it's almost a continuum, right? Mm. So maybe rice is at the top of the food category, but then you also have foods that are like, well, sometimes you can eat this as a meal and to things that you're like, no, this would never be a meal. This is a snack. So it's actually kind of difficult. Yeah. Welcome back to Semantic Domains. Yay! We've talked about this a few times. And it's so crazy, like, how different it can be in different cultures. And it's not just, like, the food snack thing either. Like, um, they have the hot, cold food thing, mm -hmm. which has really nothing to do with the physical temperature of the food. It's like, can you eat it when you're sick? Can you eat it during summer? This is turning into a weird Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> Can you eat it in the rain? Can you eat it while in pain? <laughs> Probably all those things would be warm foods. So. <laughs> Someone needs to write this book. Yes. So, um, White, can you tell me about pretty much the main only meal that every Nepali eats? Yes. Two times a day, every day, for their whole life. That would be Dalbat. You might have heard about Dalbat because that is what every single trekker and tourist looks to eat in Nepal. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I have to find a restaurant that serves Dalbat. And you're like, <laughs> so every restaurant, literally every Nepali will serve Dalbat. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard to find. <laughs> it is the daily food. Although it is hard to find at the wrong time of day. Mm, that's true. Yep. Yeah. So Dalbat would be composed of... A lot of different things, actually, and they are not always the same different thing. Did that make sense at all? Let me explain. No, I'm all so right. confused, and I know what you're explaining. <laughs> so, um, you will start off with, of course, rice. You're going to have also more rice than any other food. Bot. Yes, that is cooked rice. And then you have something that's called dal. So you have now. Dal bot. Uh, creative names. <laughs> Dal is lentils. So it's like a soupy kind of lentil sauce or gravy. Yeah, it's yummy. There's different colors. Rice. Yeah, there's lots of different kinds of dal. There's yellow, black, green, red, mixed. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Black's my favorite. Mm. So good. And then you're going to have vegetables and you can make lots of different kinds of vegetables everybody has their own way of preparing vegetables mm -hmm. and it might be like seasonal or different ingredients or yeah might be spicy might not be spicy yeah and then you have 
Achar, which is... Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> that was really clever. I am so funny. <laughs> um, it's going to be usually your spicy element. So they usually say that it's pickle, but that is just not a very good description when all is said and done. <laughs> it depends. It's often like kind of pickled. So they'll put all the ingredients together with vinegar and, you know, let it sit. But it isn't always pickled. Yeah. Sometimes it's freshly made. Usually it's tomato based. So it's kind of like a hot salsa y thing. Mm-hmm. It might be real chunky or real smooth. It might be really tart or really spicy mm-hmm. or almost sweet. There's a huge range. And that's one of the things I feel like is people's specialties often. Yeah. Like, oh, my mom makes the best achar. Like, mm. it's so, oh, and I love the range. They're so delicious. Yeah. Achar, like, is amazing. I haven't had very many that I don't actually like. I think the one that you didn't like that I can think of is the one that was made out of ground up tiny fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did a field work in somewhere that fish was very important to them, and we ate a lot of fish. There was like two or three kinds of fish in one meal. Yeah. And one of them was ground up in a char. And it was like, I, I'm a texture person, you guys. So yeah, chewing up crunchy fish bones and heads and, and the smell. Oh, the smell. <laughs> um, so those, to me, are kind of like the basic things that you're going to get. Like, yep. yeah. But then you also have things like gundruk, which is fermented vegetable things it's like green you can use different kinds of greens from different plants but fermented and that's really good mm, it's so good yeah it, it's kind of dry it's hard to explain it's yeah, delicious it some is. people hate it yeah i think so it's love it or hate it kind exactly. of situation i think yeah um and then sog which is spinach but it's not just like what we as Americans would call spinach. It's like any green, fresh green stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's not really in the vegetables category. Yeah. Usually that would be a additional thing that you have. And they usually throw like whole uh, chilies in there. So yeah. if it's you dark watch when out you're for eating those. <laughs> and you crunch up a chili, you will know it. <laughs> Woo. Um, and then what else do we have? Meat. Oh yeah, meat. I always forget about meat. Well, that's because it's in the vegetable category. Yeah. <laughs> I the first time that happened, I was so confused, and Apollo like used the word for vegetables when referring to my side that's of meat awesome. and my dalma, and I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> like I'm, I haven't been here that long, but I'm pretty sure I know the words for vegetable and meat, and <laughs> they're not the same. But it can be, it, like, if you don't also have a side of vegetables, then the meat is the vegetable. Yeah. And sometimes also your dull. so. True. It can be, like, yeah, the delicious. sauce that you pour oh, over your so meat. it's so good. Um, yeah. Unless they have little bits of bone in it, and then you're, like, crunching I mean, on a bone. there's always little bits of bone. That's kind of painful. Yeah. Nepalis don't, like, they don't take the meat off the bone. Mm. They just cook the whole thing. For example, chicken, and then just use a big knife to chop it all up. Yeah. So all your pieces have like weird bone in them. And I'm always so impressed. Have I talked about this? Nepalis like eat the bones. Yeah. Oh, it's that's really impressive to me as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning to eat more of the bones. So you get all the good marrow, which is mm. delicious. But there's some pieces I just can't do it. And like, I'm always amazed. Like, I look at it in a Nepali's plate; it's all clean. There's no bones. I'm like, did you swallow those? I guess you did. <laughs> Magical. Uh, 
Yeah, so that's the classic meal. And yeah. Nepalis would normally awesome. eat it twice a day. Kind of changes time, but they mm-hmm. would eat it like there's like 10 a mid morning, mm-hmm. and then somewhere like seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock, like mm-hmm. right before you go to bed. Yeah, I've had experiences where like the food is ready and we're all sitting around and someone's like, should we eat? And then it's like everyone's having fun hanging out because you hang out before the meal, not after. Yeah. So people are like, no, let's wait a little longer. And I'm like, I'm just starving. <laughs> Please, I just, can we eat and go to bed? Like, oh, let's just go off Garno, which means like chat for longer. Like, <laughs> I'm so hungry. Uh, Has so many times where it's like, at this point, I'm so tired. I don't even want to eat. <laughs> yeah. I also, when I lived with my host family, you know, you eat and then you go straight to bed and like, I was not used to it yet i guess so i would eat all this rice and then i would lay in bed and my body's all awake because it's digested (laughs) i would just lay there like all perky and my body's like working hard my heart's like pounding like i think i'm supposed to be sleeping now but it's not happening (laughs) it's like the opposite of a food coma another skill you need for nepal Mm -hmm. um so that is what you would normally eat in Basically the entire country, but in some areas, um, especially in areas that are higher elevation that you can't grow rice and also it might be really difficult and expensive to get rice taken up. Like Mm -hmm. one of the places that I surveyed in, then all of the rice was brought in from lower elevation on donkey trains. Wow. And that happens, I think, quite a lot of places around the country. So normally they wouldn't eat rice. It's you know, they'd have to like go to the shop and spend all this money to get it. So normally those houses would eat something called dado and it is so delicious. Can be delicious. <laughs> yeah. Certain kinds are good. Yeah. Because you can make it with millet, mm-hmm. right? Or buckwheat. Mm, buckwheat. the best. Yeah. But what it is, is it's some kind of grain or mix of grains ground up into a powder and then cooked it's with water. Flour. <laughs> yeah. Or meal. That word. <laughs> but then you cook it with flour and you keep like stirring it and kneading it until yeah. it becomes a paste that's kind of like a thick mashed potatoes. Yeah. It's like, it's dough. It's like bread that's not fully cooked. It's still pr- really doughy. Mm-hmm. And then they will eat it with, sometimes with like vegetables, with rice, I mean with, um, Dal with the lentil mm-hmm. sauce. Yeah, you dip it in the sauce. Or like with meat, often. They'll eat it with sisnu. Oh, no. Is, oh, my gosh. I could talk about this a long time. But sisnu is uh, nettles. nettles that they have ground up. And it can be different, I've heard. But I've had a really good sisnu. It is quite slimy. <laughs> and um, It's White's favorite oh, thing to eat. Yeah. <sighs> So that's pretty common as well. <laughs> We're just going to... We'll talk more about Cisnu later. Mm-hmm. I got some, some things to say. So besides those two meals of the day, Nepalis typically usually eat two snacks. So they'll eat one right when they wake up. So, you know, 6, 5, 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and then one in the afternoon. Yeah. And snack can just be tea or it can be like biscuits. I mean, cookies wherever you're from (laughs) or maybe fruit yogurt or all these other fun snacks that we're about to talk about yeah so there are things like cell roti 
which is delicious. It looks kind of like a donut. Mm-hmm. It's deep fried. It's made out of rice flour. It kind of reminds me of a grainy, um, like funnel cake. Mm, you know yeah. where you like drip the dough into yep. the f- the frying oil. Um, so that that is often eaten in the morning. Yeah, or it's used like for it's kind of a festival food, mm-hmm. like special yeah. kind of thing. And then in the afternoon. There's so many things. Okay. So you guys might have heard of Momos. They're basically small dumplings and they're one of Nepal's most famous foods and they're ver delicious. They're so good. And there's so many kinds of Momos. Yeah. We could like go straight Bubba Gump and be like, <laughs> well, there's dome Momos and there's plain Momos and there's chili Momos and there's Sate Momo. <laughs> yeah, the half-fried. Steam Momo. Yeah, half-fried, <laughs> half-steamed, open Momo. Uh, Deep-fried. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. They're magical. They're delicious. Um, and then you also have, like, Chinese-influenced things. Mm-hmm. They like to eat chow mein. Yeah. That's one of the steady things that you can order in any restaurant in Nepal. That's my favorite trekking food. Yeah. And they will usually give you ketchup with it. Or the green chili sauce, Ooh, yeah. which is yummy. I really thought the ketchup was disgusting for a while, and now I really love Ew, it. It's, so, <laughs> it's super it's so sweet, good. but also vinegary. Mm. Ugh, not not yeah. a fan. Um, there's also different kinds of soups. So now we're like getting out of Nepali Nepali. <laughs> I don't really know how else to describe that, but yeah. Nepal has a lot of different people groups and they all have different cultures and their own food traditions that come with that. Um, and But they all start to get a little bit mixed together. So yeah. like people from other ethnic groups will eat the food of other ones and yeah. kind of borrow. And So Tibetan, there's a lot of Tibetan influence mm-hmm. in Nepal because there's a lot of Tibetan people groups here. And one of the things that Tibetans eat is this soup called tukpa. So good. It's delicious. It has like vegetables and noodles in it. It's more like a stew almost. It's thick and so warming and just the perfect thing to eat in the cold mountains. Which is different than like what they would call Sherpa stew, Yeah, Sherpa stew stew is a little different. Which is also delicious, but they'll like put dried meat. They'll like, they Mm -hmm. put meat above the open fire that they have inside the house and then it dries and it's really good yeah it's like Mm. jerky kind of but yeah Yeah. it's amazing so they'll put that in the soup and then there's also something called kwati i I mispronounce it every single time yeah i don't know i like ask nepali to make it and they're like what is that Kati, which is how many? I'm like, no, 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 the soup. Oh, <laughs> With the beans. Like, isn't that what I said? Anyway, it's a bunch of different kinds of beans. Yeah, it's like seven different kinds, I think. So good. It's so good. And I love one of my favorite gifts to give is you can buy like a tube of all the beans yeah. and then they're like lined up in pretty colors and it's so delightful. So that is a Noari food, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they there's like one day a year, it's a holiday, and that is the Kwati day. Like you have to make and eat Kwati that day. And that is the best day of yeah, my I'm life. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to do that all winter long. Yes. <laughs> Dude, but Nawari food is like, so Nawars are one of the ethnic groups in Nepal. 
And they're the ones that originally lived in the Kathmandu Valley, like before the Nepali influence came in from another part of the country. And their food is my favorite so of all time. I just went out for Nawari last night, actually. And they have like a totally different range of things that they eat. They don't do dalbat. Mm-hmm. They do beaten rice. So it's, I don't know how it's made, but it's flattened and dried. And they do roasted black soybeans with garlic, mm-hmm. all these different kinds of stewed meats, bamboo soup, lentil, fluffy pancake things. And it's all super spicy and it is so good. <laughs> and I love it so much. I wish that was what everyone ate twice a day every day. It would make my life so happy. I mean, not that I don't like all that, but. You always like what you don't have, though, right? That's probably true. Maybe I'd get sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then other fun snacks. So, okay. So I was talking about that it's kind of hard to exactly, like, talk about the difference between food and snack snack in our American brains. So those are all things that at least in some situations, can be eaten as a full meal. Right. It's still not technically food, but it's enough food to sustain you. Yeah. But then there's other things that are just straight snacks. Mm -hmm. And I am a big supporter of snacks. Yes. So Biggs and my super favorite snack right now (laughs) is something called chapati yeah we've talked about this already but in case you want to google it it's spelled c-h-a-t-p-a-t-e and it's a mix of all the things i love it it's like all these different textures together it's got puffed rice and sometimes nuts and little chopped up vegetables and onions and what else chilies cilantro Mm -hmm. um Lots and lots of onion. Yeah. That's and then you put part. like lemon juice on it to make oh, it tart. Yeah. Oh, it's so And there's good. a special um, masala spice that you mm-hmm. put on it. Chaat masala is what it's called. And then you mix that all up and it just gets it like just a little bit sticky mm. with the lemon juice. So we love it, but mm. not everyone does. Our friend calls it <laughs> salty soggy. <laughs> Which it is, but like in a good way. Right? Exactly. Thank you. Charming. <laughs> it's charming salty soggy. <laughs> There's also pani puri, which I think this might be an Indian influence thing. So it's so good. It's these little puffed, savory cracker pastry things that are round, and then you break them open and you pour this. Uh, it's like pico de gallo, like chopped salsa thing, inside of it, and then you eat it all in one bite, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't eat it that often because the main way that that people buy it is like from these street cart vendors, which look really cool, but I'm super sketched out by like how much road dust is just in the food. No thanks. Yes. And then there's also um, another street food is corn. Mm. So different seasons of the year, it's more common. So you'll have just these ladies who are like sitting on the roadside and they have a fire with a little um, grill on top of it and they just have ears of corn and they just slap them on the fire until they get really crispy and then there you go. Yeah, and you just walk up and buy it and eat it right there. And it's all fresh. Like they don't even usually put stuff on it. You're just eating corn, right? I don't know. I've never gotten it because again, roadside food. Yeah, that one, I think that one is fine. Because it's, like, usually in its husk. 
Eh, you get it? Still looks dusty to me. <laughs> <laughs> the corn here, though, isn't like our sweet corn. It's like it's like field, field corn. corn. Yeah. yeah. Well, another way that people eat corn as a snack, which I love, is popcorn. But mm. because it's not normal pop... I mean, they also do kind of what we think of as normal popcorn, like what you get at the movie theater or whatever. But they also pop, especially in the village, the feed corn, field corn. And so it's big fat kernels and they don't bloom as much. So it's a lot crunchier and like hearty. Mm. And they'll also mix it with other things like roasted soybeans and stuff like that. Oh, little millet. Mm, Millet is delicious. Good. Yeah. Popped millet. They're so cute. Yeah. They're so tiny. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good snack. And there's also lots of um, kinds of roti, which just is bread basically it's flatbread Mm -hmm. like kind of like naan but like a little tortilla thick tortilla like a guatemalan tortilla yeah (laughs) that's not specific at all okay (laughs) okay shout out to people who know about guatemalan tortillas (laughs) amazing (laughs) not all of us get guatemalan tortillas apparently (laughs) your lives are deprived i have to tell you (laughs) yeah so you'd usually eat roti with um vegetables or you can eat it in the morning with your tea with like a boiled egg or fried egg or something like that just a little extra energy to get you through the day the day the day (laughs) (laughs) and then not at all like bread is something called chirpy oh my gosh can i talk about this please i'm so excited (laughs) so you guys there's this snack it's not a snack. I don't even know what to call it. What category is gum? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> it's whatever category gum is. It's something that you chew on throughout the day. It's <laughs> not food or a snack. And it is dried hunks of yak cheese. Isn't that exciting? Oh, my gosh. It's the best. So... This is especially common in mountain areas. People will make yak cheese and then chop it into little cubes and then dry it. And then you can chew on it. Like while you're hiking or whatever. Keeps your mouth moist. Puts chew a nice is a very <laughs> suck <it's> liberal word. <laughs> it's like the Nepali equivalent of a jawbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Takes two to three but hours to flavored. eat. You gotta be committed. If you like savory things, this is for you. Yeah. If you don't, you probably will hate it. <laughs> One of our friends, when she eats chirpy, tends to like break it into segments multiple days. So she'll like put it back and then go no, at it again gross. the next day. Like, and no, no. <laughs> That's not my jam. No. I just commit. <laughs> yeah. It's not my favorite though. My jaw is always super sore after I eat it. Mm, I love it. I always love weird things, though, so what to do. It is novel, that is for sure. Yeah, I gave some to my friend because she likes weird food, and now she's obsessed. <laughs> and, like, she ate it all, so then I gave her more, and like she's famous at the office, like her coworkers all know. <laughs> it's like, well, here's a snack. I know it's not your weird yak cheese, but I hope you like it. <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> I feel so proud. Actually, okay, did you know that Churpi is now, like, being sold in the u.s as a dog chew toy what <laughs> yeah you can buy it for your dog to is it chew on yak cheese like actual chirpy yeah actual chirpy i saw Whoa. some in a store here recently huh yeah so cool new hip thing that's crazy because yak cheese is kind of like expensive and stuff 
I mean, people have babysitters for their dogs. Why not buy That's yak cheese for them? <laughs> <laughs> I can't buy yak cheese for myself, but sure, go buy it for your dog. <laughs> um, which brings us to our next topic, which is chia, which means tea. That's so right. if you have experience with the more common, widely known chai in India, don't come to Nepal and ask for chai, <laughs> please. There's lots of different kinds of chias, though. So there can be milk tea, which is what you would think of probably as chai. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just black tea and milk, or it might have um, cardamom and cloves in it and sugar. Cinnamon. It really depends on who's making it for you. Yeah, everyone has their own way. Yeah. And then you have black tea. That would always be sweet. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So you can ask for milk tea or black tea. And then my favorite is black tea, but it also has just black pepper in it. Mm, yeah. So it gets like a kick at the end. Yeah. The first time I had that, I thought it was so weird. And it's, but it's so good. Mm -hmm. It's really warming, like especially if it's cold outside. Yeah. But it doesn't like feel super sweet because like sometimes if you're going to around to multiple Nepali homes, like when we're on survey, oh, then man. you might drink like 10 cups of chia a day. <laughs> you're just like shaking from a sugar yeah. overdose. <laughs> so it's really nice to have the chia with pepper in it because it feels a little bit less like just straight sugar. Mm -hmm. um, the other kind of chia that I love and not everyone does, is Tibetan tea. Oh, yeah. Have you had that? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's so, it's salty. It's usually yak butter and yak milk and tea and salt. And then they mix it together in this special like skinny churn to get it all yes. flurfy. And then they, <laughs> like, they'll make a whole pot and then share it with everyone. And you have to finish it. So if, like, everyone's drinking it and, like, there's still some left, like, all right, who's going to do it? <laughs> but it's one of those things where if you're expecting the wrong thing, it's horrible. If you're expecting yeah. something sweet and you take a sip of this, like, whoa, oh God, what's happening? But if in your mind you kind of get into this mindset of, like, it's like drinking broth. Yeah. Then it's amazing, yeah. especially if it's really cold outside. It's so warming and nice and, and fat. Warms you all up. Yeah. And you can like put different things in it, like different um, little hard breads. and um, mm, True. Highly recommended. You should yeah. all try it at least one time. Yeah. So besides just the things that we eat, the way that people eat is really different too. I mean, we already talked about there's only two main meals per day and two snacks. A lot of people, especially when they're eating dalbat, eat with their hands. Sometimes people use spoons. Knives and forks are nowhere to be seen. Yeah, no. And another thing that is kind of interesting is that guests always get served first, and then men, and then women. So if you're a guest, <laughs> your hosts just watch you eat. <laughs> like, that feels so awkward to me. Like, I'm like on display. Like, our friend has a story. They were in this village, and they got sat at this table, got sat. Oh my gosh, that they is not my dialect. <laughs> they were seated. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds wrong for that context. They were told to sit yeah. at this table 
and it was nighttime, so they, the people in the village turned on the lights, so the lights were shining right at them like they were on stage. <laughs> and then this whole line of people <sighs> lined up and sat in chairs across from them and just watched them it's eat. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it can be a little awkward. But they always force you to eat more. And the only way that you can show that you like their food is by eating more. Sometimes, no, always to the point where you hate your life and you regret your career decision. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Even if it's amazing, then That's you're like, the it's so much pain. I mean, it's like four to eight times the amount of rice that an American would typically think would go with a meal like that. And I, I hate it because if I like my host, I really want them to think I like their food, especially if I do like it. And then nothing I say will convince them. Like if I feel like I'm about to vomit and they want to put more rice on my plate and I say no, they're like, oh, you don't like the food. It's so like, frustrating. I'm going to slap you in the face. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. And I like, this is something that makes me so sad and I've never found a solution for yeah. I guess you just have to stop caring about yeah. people's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so then after you eat, then the men eat, and then the women eat last. So if you don't eat very much, the women get to eat a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they got to finish it. Because no leftovers allowed. Mm-hmm. So once any person touches the food to eat it, then it becomes juto or ritually unclean. So I can't share food with someone like if oh, I took too much rice, I'll just give you some of mine. No, 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 no. <laughs> if there is food left over, no one can eat it. So that is another cultural thing is you have to finish all the food on your plate yeah. or you're being rude. And that can be difficult sometimes because yeah. the portions are very large. You really have to get to know like how much can I actually fit in my stomach? Like you and your stomach, you get real close. <laughs> it's true. And your eyeballs, like all three of that. Yeah. It's very close. And of course, as you're eating, they come by and like try to force you to eat yeah. more. And you have to be very emphatic. Certain cultures, especially, they're so into <laughs> it. Like I literally once was covering my food with my hands, like, please don't give me more. And the old lady peeled my hand away and put my food you're on. like crying into your face <laughs> yeah but I, that was like everyone laughed including yeah. her we all realized yeah. like how silly of a moment that was but and so, since it's such a hospitable culture then they have to ask you if you want more oh food. yeah so like sometimes they like really want to give you more food and sometimes they're like hi you want any more food okay great i'm gonna go eat yeah yeah <laughs> it's like just ritualistic just so they can take you. the plate away yeah, yeah. that's true but you can if like if they give you a huge pile of rice and you're like, oh, no, no, my little <laughs> foreigner stomach cannot fit that, then you can ask them to bring a, another empty plate and mm-hmm. then you can put the extra food on there. And then they have done a good thing in giving you all the food that you need. And it's your fault that you're an idiot and you can't fit all that food in your stomach. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Good to know that. Yeah, that's a helpful strategy. Unless you're like in a restaurant. Like, don't do that in a restaurant. That's <laughs> that would be so weird. Can you imagine? <laughs> so if you come to Nepal and you're like in a restaurant, just it's okay if you can't finish it all. Oh, one of my favorite things when we're eating, and also one of my not favorite things, depending on my mood, is when we're eating and somebody's like watching you, you know, and you're like, yep, this is fine. Sure. And they're like, oh, no. Do you like the food? Like, <laughs> yeah, I really like Nepali food. And then they announce it to the entire village, like pass along. <laughs> Everybody, she likes Nepali food. Did you hear? 
she likes rice. Isn't that adorable? Oh. And you're like, uh-huh. Well, the one that kills me is when they're like, so how long have you lived here? And I'm like, four years. And they're like, have you had Dollbot? <laughs> um, can you imagine like being here for four years and not having Dollbot? I think it would be actually impossible <laughs> it's just yeah uh, and then i like never know what to say i'm like yes i've had it and they're like it's the nepali national food and i'm like yeah i, I know <laughs> i i'm speaking nepali to you right now so i feel like you should be able to make this logical jump but. like there is some disconnect here between us that i don't know how to breach so it's, it's i do probably part of it is like food is so important and it like yeah. such part of their identity that it's like they want to bring up the topic, but they don't have anything else to say besides, right. like, have you eaten? <laughs> uh. The other thing that I feel like this is more of a general international life problem is that if you're eating a new food that you've never had before, and you're like, shoot, I don't know how to eat this. Like, do I eat it straight out of the communal bowl, which is allowed for snacks, but not for mm-hmm. normal food? Do I use a spoon to take it from the bowl and put it in my hand and then put it in my mouth? Do I just use it? They're like, well, I'll just wait for someone else to go first so I can see what to do. And then they're like, please, you're the guest. You go first. I'm like, no, no. That's one of those times where you actually, you know, they're like, have you had this food before? And you would That's really true. Like then you help? can say like, no, yeah. help me. <laughs> help me. Help me. Oh my gosh, another funny thing. Uh, we were talking about like the semantics of, you know, what what do you count as a snack? What do you count as food? And one of the things that's kind of funny is like we have three meal words, right? We have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, supper, whatever. But they just have meal and snack. And since they eat snack in the morning, usually when you're translating between English and Nepali, <laughs> you translate the word for snack into the word for breakfast in English. But then sometimes it gets confusing. Like once we were on this survey and our host comes in, it was like 4 p.m. And we're all kind of resting, taking a break from work. And he comes in. He's like, hello, sister. And then he used the English word. Would you like some breakfast? (laughs) We're like, tomorrow? We're like, yes, in general, I do like breakfast. (laughs) So he's like, okay, let's go. And we're like, oh, oh. Okay, so we all get up and we follow him to this little shop that like is this little snack place where people go to kind of hang out and it's like an afternoon activity. Go with your friends, grab a snack, chat. He's like, okay. So we sit down. He's like, what do you want? And we're like, I, I don't know. He's like, well, they only serve one thing here. Like, okay, that. that is what I want. So he brings us bowls of puffed rice with pork. not pork pork fat (laughs) we're like wow this is the best breakfast i've ever had (laughs) it was pretty good actually yeah um if you guys like really like bacon you would love this meal it's like bacon but just the fat part of bacon so it kind (laughs) of it tastes like bacon it's really good but again i'm a big texture person so like when i bite into something and all the fat just like into my mouth Mm -hmm. that gets me in a good way? No. Oh. <laughs> but it tastes really good, so I can get over it. Like well, if I you eat, eat it, it with the puffed rice. Yeah. Then, oh, man. I love puffed rice. It's oh, so good. so good. 
like how do we not have it i mean in, we i mean we do but we, we have like, it in a sweet category in america yeah. we eat it like with milk for cereal but i love it as a savory it's category so with meat or like you guys should try it yeah okay well here's how i want to end this episode of talking about food i want to tell you guys about my cousin's genius idea so she texted me today and she was like i think we should start something called international snack pal it's like a pen pal but with snacks i love it already (sighs) so we already exchanged addresses and i bought some snacks that i'm gonna send her and she's gonna send me some it's gonna be the best so if you guys want to get in on this international snack pal situation maybe you want to try some dried yak cheese maybe you want to try some tibetan cookies or lupsy what else oh we didn't even get to talk about lupsy i don't even know how to explain lupsy so i'm just gonna skim right over it yep it's sweet all right moving on (laughs) uh yeah let us know we'll send you some snacks but you have to send us your snacks why am i whispering snacks bring us snacks So now it's time for our segment of the week. This week's segment is direct translation. It's one of our favorite conversations. It is. It's so good. So this is one that happened to the two of us together. So I'll set up the scene. Would you imagine like that something happened to us together? No, we never (laughs) hang out. So I'll set up the scene and then you can give the punchline. Okay. Are you ready? Imagine. It's mid-afternoon. Your friends, Big and White, have just landed from a domestic flight to a lovely city in Nepal. They walk out of the airport together with their bags, go to the taxi stand, and buy a ticket. A man comes and says, please, follow me. We follow him (laughs) down the aisle. We come up to a group of men, and he asks, can you take these ladies to their area of town? And the response was, Baby boy, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Which was totally natural. Would you believe that? It made so much sense. (laughs) I feel like I can't say that in English without being real sassy. Baby boy, it isn't. (laughs) So let's explain. First of all, I've already talked about how there's not really a word for yes and no. So you just use, like, the to be verb, like, that's not going to happen, kind of. And that was the it isn't. The whole sentence that the older guy gave to our would-be taxi driver was Babu Taina. And Taina would be like the, no, it isn't. And Babu literally means, like, little boy. Like, baby. Yeah. Very small boy. Like, it's really common that you would call your baby boys, like, every single family that has a baby boy. He's automatically Babu. No, he doesn't have a He's real baby name. baby boy. Just baby boy. Yep. It's kind of fun, though. So, I mean, obviously these people were not related, but the guy talking to our taxi driver was kind of using this, like, familial name to reference him, and that's really common here. So if you're talking to someone you don't know, or even if you're talking to someone you do know, instead of saying their name or saying, excuse me, you just say, oh, auntie, or mother or sister or daughter and i don't know i I really like the connection that that creates 
but yeah, it just feels so nice. Like it creates a connection right away. I feel like I recently mm-hmm. read this article. Um, it was a interview with a woman who lives in Nepal. And she said this, you can't call anyone by his or her given name. It's very taboo. Instead, you refer to them as a member of your family. So you'll call people in the village mother, father, grandmother, or grandfather. If they're younger, you call them son, daughter, little one, little sweetheart. For women my own age, I call them sister. It's so familial and makes you look at people differently. Imagine walking down the streets of New York City and calling the guy at the coffee shop Big Brother, and it changes the relationship right away. Names are considered more of a formal thing used for documentation. And it is true, like... My favorite store that I like to go to, the little shop around the corner, the owner, he's kind of this older guy, and he's so sweet, and he's always like, hello, sister, how, like, younger sister, how are you? And I call him uncle, and it's just, it makes, it warms yeah, my heart. it's nice. That's something that, if I moved back to the U.S., I would want to take with me, mm. but it, it just wouldn't be natural. Yeah. Well, Nepal is a very hierarchical society as well, mm. and so... Y- it's important that you know where you fall within the hierarchy. And so like relational terms really help with that because you're like, oh, how old are you? Oh, yeah, you're my older sister. So I'm going to call you older sister and give you the respect that you deserve as my older sister. Oh. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's pretty nice. We like it. Mm-hmm. So you're so, my biny. Yeah. So you can say little sister, it isn't. <laughs> I really love it when old men or old women call me little girl. Oh, my god! It makes me feel real nice. They're just like, hey, baby or granddaughter. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll take care of me, won't you? <laughs> I, but I don't understand it if people call me. There's um specific names for every like rank within a family. So there's like oldest sister, next oldest sister, next oldest sister, mm. littlest sister. And same with boys as well. And so I'm like, you know, I'll go to a shop and he'll be like, second oldest sister, what do you need? I'm like, <laughs> how do you choose which one I am? You look young, but not that young. Yeah. I don't want to insult you by calling the oldest one. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I Yeah, there's also some of them like aren't that nice. Like the one for... Uh, daughter-in-law mm-hmm. is like pretty derogatory or sister-in-law yeah because usually like the the wife of the first son like moves in with the in-laws and like is basically their servant <laughs> so that's not the nice one but we're rambling okay let's go home yeah you know what to do people follow us on instagram facebook rate our podcast on itunes And remember the big white secret. Don't mention our actual names, but do mention us as big and white. Yes. Um, Just to let you guys know, we have some stuff coming down the pipeline where you might get to see some pretty cool pictures of us or even video. But you'll see our faces. We're only going to release that if you support us on Patreon. So please check out our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash big white podcast easy as that people all right let's hang up all right i'm hanging up okay 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 all right okay okay all right okay 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 okay